Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. Uh, hello there, and uh, welcome to another edition of Film and TV, and this one's a special, and we thought we'd uh, kick this one off with the uh, over the long-running franchise of Fast and Furious, and the latest one is Fast 10, or Fast X. Um, now, it's been basically a huge franchise outside of the superhero genre, and just keeps going and going, so we thought we'll just have a light-hearted look at the ups and downs and the masterpieces that just keep coming out <laughs> year after year with this franchise. Uh, of course, it's Vin Diesel and the crew. Um, but um, again, it's another, I think this was promised to be the last one, but it actually is going to be a, a trilogy. But uh, lots of, we'll talk about a Fast X first and then we'll talk about obviously the franchise. But um, over I, the years. Can I say? The director apparently does say Fast 10, uh, and it's meant to be a pun on Fasten your seatbelt. So oh, I'm going to call yes, it Fast yeah. X, I think. It gets think more clever X, the more you think about it. The more you... no, I'm, I'll just throw it up as a question now, and then we can just go around the room, and we'll start with a nice review, and a kind of like, because it's tying out a lot of the franchise here. There's a lot of cameos, there's a lot of resurrections let's say but let's um let's just start with you know yeah, and are we going, so we we going full, full spoilers right FYI. full spoilers it's full gear full okay. you know full gears okay. into spoilers okay there you have your warning so who'd like who who'd love this movie and who i mean for what it is first of all i'll start with just one question what genre is fast yeah. because it, it it's it's shifted from its early beginnings, but this one, if you just look at it fresh, you just walk into this without watching any of the others, which is quite possible. You can do that. 
what would you describe it to those who just come in the past 10? So, past so if I may, so if yes, I, may yes. I, I was saying with you guys that I felt thought that this franchise was supposed to be going to use that same analogy that I was talking about with you guys. It was supposed to be the point break of cars, kind of, True. Of, of car thieves or car stealers, when you want to call them. And I think that was the original plan. But nowadays, this franchise has become something of a mystery to me because I <laughs> don't know how to define the genre, to be honest. It's, uh, yeah, it is still, I- there's still some crime in it. But at the same time, it's not a thriller because I'm not on the edge of my seat when I'm watching it, to be honest. Um, and uh, it, it can't be a cold drama because every time there's a dramatic scene, I'm laughing. So I, I, um, I, I don't know. And it's, co- it's a comedy, but it's a bad comedy because it's not written by people who think it's a comedy. They think it's a drama. So it's a kind of a paradox. So I don't know. I don't know how to define it. So yeah. I, I was trying to, well, I did write a review, which is on the site, and it took me a quite a long time just because I was thinking, what is the magic mix in this, which kind of, I kind of started late. I started, I wasn't really into cars, but when it kind of whole kind of culture, but then I started with five and six and a lot of filming around uh, London, uh, actual London uh, back in those days. Um, so it was a very engaging I knew it started as more kind of the, the subculture, and this is back in, you know, what, 2001 or whatever it was, of car racing. This, when I joined it, it was more the, it was the heist kind of film, and there was some resemblance of physics there going on, but just maybe 10% more, but you kind of gave an excuse, uh, as was the fashion. But, but watching this, it was, um, I've got to say, it, it's comedy action and I would say science fiction, totally science fiction. <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> what year is this set in? Because there's a lot of technology going around, obviously. But I mean, was... I, I can answer the um, first question you asked about, like, what genre it is. Because yeah. I started on Fast 9, and we had already gotten, you know, to most of these points. And I think I mostly just thought that it was, like, an action franchise. Like, the same way I would describe Mission Impossible, because uh-huh. there are more action scenes than most action films. Like, I don't consider James Bond an action movie. I consider it a romance movie. I don't consider it. Yeah, I know. Maybe I've just only watched the wrong James Bonds, but I don't find it super interesting. But I wouldn't consider that an action movie if you only have a couple action scenes versus this has nonstop. So I considered it like an action, um, you know, like an action comedy, but like a franchise in its mate. Like it has more similarities to other franchises than any other um, genre, I would say. So I think these days genres you you don't usually have one genre in a in a box office juggernaut. Like they always mm-hmm. try to mix them to have something for everybody. And I would say action for sure, adventure because this seems like quite adventures. They are sometimes they are globe trotting in different parts, uh, like in the jungle. In the the setups are very like adventurous many people at uh, playing different parts at the same time going on different adventures and trying to get different uh, to achieve different objectives throughout the world and then um, yeah maybe thriller as in general but not like an, an, an touches of comedy something like that 
yeah. I, I think, yeah, definitely in the wake of where you only have a few franchises going, and it's definitely, I would say, almost the only game in town outside the superhero genre, which has got his own little universes. Oh. But here, it, it, has to, it covers all the bases of all the other action or summer movies that aren't there anymore, which is like, yeah, your spy, your comedy, mm-hmm. your sci-fi, your comedy, uh, romance. Um, but and so just yeah, as you say, as these long-running universal franchises, which has become, it's outside of its initial one or two genre into a multi-genre franchise, which mm-hmm. works for it really well because mm-hmm. that's that's the state of cinema now. Um, mm-hmm. um, I did have fun on it though. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It it's was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and the crowd that we, I think, on the Friday opening, mm-hmm. it was, it did get crowded eventually. Yes. Well, After we started, the there was a pile and we had to evacuate, yeah. But then we came back in. I, I think it was projectionists trying to, like, mercy, say, no, go outside. But, the, but then there were seats just five next to me, which I saw was already booked up, or just, and I thought, oh, there's usually just going to be guys there, probably five guys just coming out and nothing. Like, it was just five girls actually came to sit here and they were just, you know, just absolutely enjoying themselves. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, but okay. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy in what sense? I think I can sense my. I wasn't being sarcastic, by the way. I, I mean, serious. I, I, I always say that my one of the best screening I ever went to in the last couple of years was Moonfall. And Moonfall, it was oh, a yeah. great experience. Everybody was cheering up, but because it was laughably bad. So I don't well, know if, if people, are, and I know that this franchise is very popular for some mysterious reasons. People actually really enjoy these things. So it's possible that actually there were actually a lot of people in this movie theater where well, that enjoyed that movie in the proper sense of the term. Well, I think I did when I, I kind of glanced around and said, what points are they going to really whoop up in the chair? And I'm, I was curious myself, honestly. Richard, and so I looked, look, and it was on the beach scene where with the hundreds of girls, there was a standoff between Dante and uh, Dom in, yeah. in, on the beach. And then it was a big music scene, or, you know, just a big soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack is quite infectious, but they were kind of, when that came on, they were handed it, and they were going like this, you know, just waving their hat. So it's, it's, like a, it's like a crowd participation. This is what this genre is. Is in, mm-hmm. There is like a, I think it's like a unsigned or contract where you have to participate in how ridiculous it is now. And mm-hmm. you, you give them license to just go wherever you want to, which, which they have. Honestly. I don't know. I don't know what they are. What they are taking to be that kind of following the movie in that sense. But I want that the same thing that they are having. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, um, I was curious, and they, they, but you know, to five girls just to go out and just on a mm-hmm. nice Sunday. Well, it was a relatively nice Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Just instead of going to a club, they actually came to watch <laughs> this, and they were dressed quite nice. Okay, it, and it looked like they were members of family and maybe it's the it's the theme of family which never relents which brings people together what did you think of the film anyway i didn't really actually ask that question of this film just going cold into it because a lot of you did go to the cinema i think and did watch this a bit of my request is also but what you did did you enjoy it what, what was your frame of mind going in and coming out of it honestly uh, uh, do, you me, do you want me to talk i want me to talk me i'm oh, sorry okay uh 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 okay so i would be i would i said i promise i would try to be positive so uh i i, I would say that 
compared to the other Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. it's actually all right. But that doesn't mean much, to be honest. But yeah, I, I, because I kind of agree with what you were saying. It was sometimes it was enjoyable, in properly enjoyable. There were actually scenes that I actually enjoyed. I'm not joking. For example, surprisingly, I think John Cena car- scenes were actually pretty good. Actually, uh, I was surprised to see that John Cena is actually a very likable uh, actor and character in that movie. Uh, the movie was too long sometimes, yes. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I wanted to see. I, I was, I wanted to see where it was going with Dante's plan. I didn't understand it most of it, but I wanted to see where he was going with it. Um, but yeah, the, my, my my main issue, well, again, is the fact that it takes them in, itself too seriously. It, but for me, the drama doesn't work. Never. And uh, there are too many characters in this thing. So I, at some t- points, I couldn't care less about what was going on because there was, oh, another cameo. Or this guy is appearing for five minutes. Oh, and this guy is here. And to be honest, yeah, all these references, etc. I was thinking, okay, yeah. I, yeah, I think it was dragging uh, a lot, this movie. Um, and and uh, it, it tried to have some funny dialogues, but uh, especially the com- I, I call them the comic relief duo, uh, Tyrese and the other guy, and they are terrible. They are just terrible. I, I mean, that, that, that's the problem, is that they are. I, 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 I'm going to try to sum up the idea, is that I, in a past podcast we did he, with you, Jason, we talked about The Mandalorian, and The Mandalorian I defined it by a show that it was not meant for me for that for the first couple of seasons, but I understood why it's so popular and I understand and I can see its qualities. Fast and Furious for me, it's the opposite almost, is that it's very popular. The box office results are always great. I'm pretty sure that this one, although it has one of the great biggest budgets in the history of cinema, which I don't understand, by the way, uh, almost $400 million. I'm pretty sure it will break even. I'm pretty sure that one way or another, because I'm terrible at predictions, I'm pretty sure it will reach a billion dollars. But still, even if it's not for me, in that case, I don't understand where people see any value in this movie. movie. Because overall, except the, the few things I said, I don't think there is anything extraordinary about the direction of this movie. I don't think there is not... May, not not many of the actors in this movie are do a great acting, to be honest, and they have a great cast. By the way, I don't know how much money they, they gave to Ellen Mirren or Charles Charles for example. Uh, and the script is just funny, but all for the wrong reasons. So yeah, I, yeah, it's a. Uh, as I said, yeah, for me it's a mystery. I come back to the this movie is a mystery to me. It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an enigma of uh, in the cinema industry in this franchise. Yeah. So, that's me being positive, by the way. No, I <laughs> that, that that that's good. I'm very really proud of you, Richard. Have to ask, oh, though. God. 
Oh, well, yeah. Like, Richard, do you go into this thinking it's a fun action movie that I can just turn my brain off to? Or do you think of it as, like, I'm going to compare it to, like, an award-winning, like, 12 years? No, uh, I, I, I've been asked that question when I go, and to be honest, no, I understand what I am uh, signing up for. I, I understand that okay. it's a blockbuster, etc. And they are blockbusters that I really enjoy. It, and it, it's almost a curiosity, but anything else. It is, mm -hmm. I'm curious to try to understand it. And, for example, there were some of these movies in this franchise that I kind of liked in a way uh, but yeah it's just curious to understand actually how it is so popular because it's almost an, analyze, an analysis that I'm doing when I watch these movies try to see something that I uh, in the subtext or something that I, I'm missing but yeah I still don't get it so I, 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 I don't mean sarcastic when I say it's a mystery to me to no no I, I so again like I only got into these movies like a year ago right with the ninth one or however long the ninth one came along. Um, what I liked about it was the nonstop action. Again, I know it's weird to compare this to other franchises. Star Wars, Marvel, James Bond, any other franchise except Mission Impossible does not have this many fight scenes. So it keeps people engaged. They like that. The music is good. Vin Diesel and other actors, you know, when you have different kinds of actors with different kinds of fan bases, um, the movie Hairspray did the same thing. That's a totally different movie. But Hairspray, what made it, it was a musical movie that worked so well because it had a bunch of different actors and brought those fan bases with them and therefore made a lot of money. There's a lot of people who like Vin Diesel because he's multiracial and a lot of people see themselves in him. There are a lot of people from like the hood, so to speak, in California. Like I'm from California. And well, I'm not from the hood, but um, a lot of people like it for the California scenery or they're from like a bad area. And so they relate to these characters. And then you combine that with the action. And then there's this weird quote uh, uh, people say about Vin Diesel that a lot of women like him because he's hot and he has a deep voice. But that's why men like him, too, because men think he's so cool and they want to be him. So they go see these movies with a bunch of attractive buff people um, who they want to be like. And then you combine that with action um, and you know, the heart, I think you can tell that the actors like making these movies. And then you also have the fact that, like, you know, there's all these different kinds of things going on. I think it works really well. But I do understand what you said about, like, Tyrese and everything. I feel like there's some characters that are just kind of being dragged along because they can't get other work. And this is a paycheck for them. Um, and I don't think those characters are as interesting as, like, Charlie Theron. Or even, I like Natalie, um, Natalie Manuel, but they never seem to do anything with her because she's basically like a plot device, you know? She can hack yeah. anything. Even yeah. like, even though she's a hacker, like the first thing we see her do after being rescued in Fast and Furious 7 was seeing her like in a bikini, which is so funny because she's like the most famous hacker in the world. And then we're like bikini picture. But um, that's like, that embodies this franchise. It has all this hardcore action. It has attractive people. But it's also doing more than most franchises do in the way of the action itself. It commits itself to that. And I think it's like the opposite of most franchises where it's most, like the it's most loyal fan base aren't going to be vocal online in the same way that Star Wars or Marvel fans oh, are. That's a, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I, I never realized that. It's actually true, yeah. It's actually, but... They reach easily every time a billion dollars, but you don't see a, a thousand YouTubers actually talking about these movies uh, online to us. That's a good point. I mean, same with like Adam Sandler to a degree. I feel like this is the Adam Sandler of comedy. You're getting maybe not the best, but you're getting entertainment for what you ask for. You bring the same people along. You know what you're going to get. And it makes a lot of money, even though no reviewers are talking about it, unless it's to make fun of it. 
Though I do think these are better than Adam Sandler movies, objectively, even though I watch both. <laughs> of them. I am Everyone, more ashamed to say I watch Adam Sandler than I am for, for to watch this. But yeah, again, I feel like the shortcomings of most franchises, this isn't doing. You can watch all the other movies. You don't have to. When you step into a Marvel theater, you'll have to have all that knowledge. When you watch, uh, a, you know, like a Star Wars, it's not going to be lightsaber battles 24-7. So you're going to have to realize, oh, I want action, but I'm not, not going to get that all the time. And then you have the fan Diesel. Vin Diesel's like one of the most famous celebrities on Facebook, of all things. Um, he has one of the most uh, liked pages of like any celebrity. So he has this Vin Diesel tough guy fan base of people. So and I think that's what kind of keeps it all together. And again, this was I, I was telling um, Jason like at um there was a point where this was the only thing that was making Universal Studios money. This is what was keeping an entire film company afloat. So, I mean, it can't be doing too bad, especially if they can pay all these A-list actors to come be in their movie and everything like that. So, I mean, does Marvel get Helen Mirren? No, but DC does, but we hate <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. point. That's true. That's true. That's true. I think Richard is not in the Venn diagram of people who might like... <laughs> it's not the demographic, I would say. Yeah, I know, it, it definitely. I'm not. I'm not definitely, definitely not the one actually that this movie is targeted to. If that's for sure. And your mm-hmm. point about representation is a very valid, valid one. To be honest, it's it's true mm-hmm. actually. But there is great representation in these movies. To be honest, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, and people actually must enjoy those movies for that reason as well. Yeah. Yeah, these movies have more diversity than like anything else I've seen, and they've been like that from the start. And I know people watch it for that reason to see themselves represented. And also, I mean, they just do it. I mean, they just do it. They don't, it's, mm-hmm. you know, in cinema, you've always had diversity, but you just uh, don't kind of like, telegraph it, which other seems to have latter films do now. It's like, you know, and they give them more, it's a demographic rather than a character. But here it's, mm-hmm. well, I say character in the loosest sense here, but it's kind of like, um, Oh, she does this, but it's never kind of like it is just mixed by de facto. But it, it's not like we're going to put this character because it's they're from this demographic. It, 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 it just just happened. It's just and I mean you're too busy trying to unwind the plot rather than to concentrate <laughs> on who's in there. But I, like you said, everyone goes to see it, but no one talks about that. They will admit online that they have. No, seen but, it. but 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 I think I, I think what she was saying about that as a as a positive for the movie actually. But it doesn't mm. need it doesn't need social media to be successful. No. It's actually a strength. No, there wasn't much of the noise going around. You thinking? I mean, you have a few of the interviews, but you never see this big trailer release or yeah. uh, I mean, like, few, like the Marvel no machine. No one hit hundred k views yeah. on the interviews, even with like Charlie Theron and everyone, which is good. Well, the- but also, this recognizes tr- its flaws, which I like. Like they put, they knew they had too many characters. That's why four people were in one little, you know, B plot kind of thing because they have too many people, not enough space for them. And continue. Yes, go on, James. Sorry. Well, they used to have the trailers. I, I don't. I think I only saw one for this this movie, and they didn't ruin the ending of it because the thing that everyone used to say about Fast and Furious was. They used to put the entire end stunt in the trailer. So you'd think, oh, wow, that film looks really good. And then go, oh, they completely ruined the end of, of the movie. So that was something that they did. But I think they got so much backlash over that, that they haven't done that for the last couple of films. But maybe there is a trailer out there that that gives away the end of this. Although it's slightly 
different as well because this ends in a pl- I know I'm jumping right to the end of the movie, but this is the the start of a sort of the final trilogy, but it sort of ends on a cliffhanger. So it sort of does the Empire Strikes Back thing rather than the the Star Wars thing of doing, you know. So I think we're just going to get that at the end of the next one as well, that we're going to think everyone's dead. And I agree with what Richard said mm-hmm. in the chat, because I, I, I was actually shocked when uh, John Cena died in the, the film which yeah. i think he probably has i think i think, he must I, think yeah, I think i think johnson that might be the only one who actually died but no. I, I was kind I of i did so go alive. oh i, I did I, go oh my god when um when the plane crashed but richard's absolutely right even though there wasn't time for this to have happened in the next film you will see them all put their parachutes on yeah they I, have that lengthy conversation where Tyree says, um, <laughs> hey, Ludacris, you're stupid. And Ludacris says, actually, you're stupid. And then he looks so angry that someone... Those are the worst him, parts of the movie. The I hate one. that. Oh, my God. I hate yeah. that. And then they'll jump out of the plane and go, that's actually what happened at the end. And we'll go, but there was not time for that because we saw um, it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I did read a quite interesting um, little interview snippet with... The director who came in uh, to replace Justin Nichols, he left, and then so uh, Louis. You tell you, he's French. Yeah, yeah. wait, wait. Merci, merci. Thank God, got French. That's why Richard here. The um, (laughs) who who'd actually, you know, cut his teeth more on on Transporter Two, one of the better entries, I guess. um, Again, a relative scale with you know Jason Stratham, but uh, he was it was an it was a talk with John Cena, and um, of course, if you've seen Nine, he's he's begins as the foe of and the brother uh, with a with a grudge against a Dom and his family. A bit more of a, a menacing flat character. Here he's more of a kind of very light, you know, the happy uncle and and, and very likable. Um and, and he's got good comedy chops anyway. Um John Cena. Um there was a discussion it was quite late actually why he is like that. And because it was when when uh, uh, Louis did come on as director, he did mention I think, would you mind? I think, and it was his chain saying that you die in this. And I think there's, because I think there's got to be a price about what's ha- what's happening in the story. And then Jonathan uh, thought about it says, yeah, okay, I agree. Let me then lighten up. Because I think it was written a bit more like encompassing with, or like his previous film where he's very more a dour figure. But here he's much more lighter and likable and he said oh, I would say so he he raised it he kind of changed the tone so when the loss does come because he dies saving uh, Dom and his kid uh it it hits more so mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that it, he stays there because yes there's a lot of resurrections going on here, oh you honestly. can't die you can't die in this franchise I mean <laughs> no it's called the Easter the franchise the now. sort of ridiculous <laughs> which is why I think it's set in the future where gravity yeah. obviously has diminished <laughs> somehow <laughs> um I mean, but yeah I, you I actually I did enjoy I did quite enjoy the film and I, I'm probably gonna do the opposite now I'm just gonna rant about things that have come into my mind but it, it's fun it is it is a fun film and mm-hmm. I think it's an action film you know it started as as an undercover cop film the first one then it sort of becomes a niche thing about street racing and then five which is probably the pinnacle really is like it becomes a heist movie Mm. i think Mm -hmm. five six seven are a really good run in the middle of it and obviously this film starts with 
a flashback to five. Everything that we we're experiencing mm-hmm. in this film is as a, a sort of retcon in and putting a, a new character in who was always there, but we're given more backstory of this Two character. Two of them, and I saw it coming a mile away. I would told Jason every time, I'm like, I think this is going to happen, and then it happens. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, wow. We should have bet money on I, this. I, <laughs> I was texting like, oh, yeah, I think you should say, oh, I bet they will come up. And as a joke, as a joke, just to be the most ridiculous joke ever, I would say, oh, yeah, and who will come back? And I said, and as a joke, in quotes, Gal Gadot will come back because I pretty much... <laughs> Knew it. I remember she incinerated. She got incinerated on that big. But did Han get incinerated as well? And then in a later one, we f- they retcon that we we think they've just died, but they sort of go, "Oh, it's Jason Statham did it deliberately." Yeah. And actually, one of the things that is difficult with this franchise, the res- the ridiculous resurrections are. You know, you can do one or two, but once it's like everybody, it just gets ridiculous. But the other it's thing that I find really difficult is like when Charlie Theron turned up, I was like, oh, she's a villain. She's on the doorstep. And I completely forgotten. You get the flashbacks. It's like she killed like the mother of Dom's yeah, child. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. in the house. Like we, Jason Statham was meant to be one of the, the sort of um, heroes of the franchise. But he, he thought he'd killed Gal Gadot and Hannah at some point, you know, and they, they sort of have that line in this where he shoots someone and goes, now we're even. And it's like, well, yeah. we're never going to remember that moment. I still remember him blowing up Han in, in Tokyo <laughs> yeah. Drift well, or whatever. I, but... I, I remember, well I, well, I think it was the fifth or sixth one, because I that was the last one I went to a cinema to see, uh, and then this is the subsequent one. The rest I've seen on online, but this, um, it, it was a sheer gasp when it was towards the end of the film and Han is in Tokyo, and then he gets crashed into it. And then out of the car was Jason Shaver. And the audience, including me, gasped. And I've never had a feeling that before. I was thinking, we've crossed now into, you know, where anyone. It's it's like the franchise that encompasses all other franchises and all other, you know, because characters stay in their own lane and their own franchise. But that's, why, that's why it comes back to what I was saying is it, it takes itself seriously. So it tries to be dramatic all the time. But how can you be? How, how can you care as an audience member about We're watching the it for the drama? We don't care. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think Vin Diesel, as a producer, really wants us actually to care about the fate of his characters. But how can we care since none of them are in any situation at risk or, or in in peril? In my opinion, never, never. I, I think th- these characters, when they come back, should say something like. Well, James gone to the rings of DC, and here I am again. So. <laughs> Ezra Miller is definitely going to be in the next one, depending on how they're trying to get Ben Affleck in and the rest of the Justice Everyone from every Henry other. Henry Cavill definitely. Henry Cavill is the... definitely teaming up with Jason Ooh, Momoa. That would That would be. I mean, yeah, it just any. It, it's it's like that kind of like where you know. We, we are past the era of star power and names, but we have a small minuscule where they're successful or like in, in a row, and then they franchises don't take off. Spoilers, mm-hmm. Gal Gadot will be yeah. at the end. But well, yeah, because she like, can't be one. Well, DC is such a mess. Her and um, Jason Momoa might even have the same like agent, but like they probably jumped ship. They were like, hey, this oh. is the same franchise, but this is a franchise where people can kind of leave and come back. 
or have less roles or something so they can go film like that's what i think with michelle rodriguez i think she was filming dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. at the same time as this which is, it's a good if say you're an actor doing this you get paid five or ten million dollars you film a couple scenes you know and then you come back a few years later do like a main character then a few years later you can do a couple scenes like that's a good deal you know what i mean yeah you know? yeah absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, brings us to our post-credits cameo. Now, I know it was kind of hinted at uh, before in online, but it was like this was one you thought would never happen because mm-hmm. um, the off-screen drama. But that's obviously um, the rock. money talks. Money yeah. talks. Coming Black Adam. Ten million dollars from the coworker you hate. Here you go. It goes after Black Adam, and I don't know which other movie yeah. which didn't do very well. I guess yes. he was like, well, come, coming back. That's true, actually. That's is, a good point. That's one for, yeah. Is the Fast yeah. and Furious the new DC Zack Snyder universe? Is this where we're going? Uh, Louis Letavier said that he actually showed the movie to uh, um, The Rock and to convince him, him to appear in the in the post-credits scenes. Like he was, the movie was finished and he was like, well, let me show you the movie to convince you that you should return. And if you like it, and he liked it. It just makes sense. I mean, the thing is, they don't. They apparently didn't do really many scenes together in Fast 8 because they can do it through editing. And when you look at this cast, the cast is so big. I agree with Richard. There's just so many people in it. But I, in fact, I can't even find a poster with the cast on. And when I stayed for the, you know, the the sort of, credit sequence that that you get which is very marvel-esque now you usually get those things where it says at the end maybe with so and so and you know so with the the upcoming flash movie everyone's going to see it for michael keaton really but he's not billed top at the end it's and michael keaton on this it's like and helen mirren and Brie Larson, and this person with, and with, with. And you go, whoa, whoa, hang on. You can't have seven people in that final thing. And The Rock isn't even credited, actually. So when the, the list comes up, he's not even in that cast list. So he's done that uncredited, which could indicate it was very late in the day. Yeah. But, but it, it's clearly, I think the thing is with this franchise and why so many people are attracted to it. Yeah, they're obviously not, Helen Mirren isn't coming in because it's, it's finally going to, Make people see her as a good actress. Actually, she's I already claimed that movies for Helen Mirren, but that no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but she's she's already claimed that. The, the reason people are coming in to this, and I think actually, the the sort of element of family in it is, although we're all very cynical about it, I think it is quite well done, really. But the thing is, you know, the the films are going to be a financial success, mm-hmm. and you know, Robert Downey Jr. after Marvel went and did Doolittle, that didn't turn out very well. You know, you've got a surefire hit here. So it's not going to be one that's going to get you a, an Oscar nod, but at least you're in another franchise that you know is guaranteed to make money. It might get an Oscar nod if uh, Meryl Streep shows up, then she'll immediately get <laughs> Our theory, as well, our theory about the final part getting, getting Oscars sometimes. So Fast 13 is a done deal for Best Picture. It's so easy for, for these actresses to appear because most of them just have to film what, what a day, should yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Like, appear there, say something about, oh, family, uh, I'm old and I know everything. Please don't risk your family. Go back to the values. 
Okay, I'm, ba- I'm off. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> I, I hope my grandkids love this. Bye-bye. Actually, actually, if I may add something here, because it makes me think about something. Unfortunately, if I know if you noticed, but last night, Fizzle mm-hmm. said actually that he is already at ID since 2017 for few spin-offs. Yes. Franchise after this franchise ends. Fast yes. 11, fast 12, we don't know yet based on the numbers of fast 10. But so the spin-offs, I'm think I was thinking because I love theories, as Jason knows. So my theory is that first of all, like everyone else in Hollywood, it was very proud in Diesel to say that one of the spin-offs will be a female-centric. Yes. So uh my guess is that these two spin-offs based on fast 10, that one of them will be How did Gal Gadot survive? <laughs> it will oh, be yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be a movie about Gal Gadot and Charles Piran yes. for the last 10 years. And and the other one might actually be Hobbs and Show too. I mean, it, it might actually uh, it might actually uh, be still in the in a possibility. Because when I saw Jason Statham appearing for no reason whatsoever in that movie in Fast 10, for, for me it was I don't I still don't understand why Jason Statham was in that, was in this movie, because they go to see him. They have some fights, then they find out thanks to his IT equipment that um, they are creating they are using their money to create an army, which they could have found out by themselves. And then Jason Statham discovers that his mother is in danger and he leaves. And that's the, it. That, that whole storyline, that whole uh, ludicrous, Tyrese, Natalie, mm-hmm. and Jason storyline is completely superfluous and could be cut out of the movie. Exactly. Perfectly. You can remove yeah. it and it doesn't change anything. So my guess is that if Jason Statham leaves at that point, I'm giving too much credit to Vin Diesel and Willie Terrier, maybe, but... Maybe the reason why we see him going somewhere to save his mother is because maybe that's the plot line, storyline for the next Hobbs and Show, saving Ellen Mirror with The Rock. That's my fear. It's very soapy as well, isn't it? Because you've kind of got all these sections where you're just following certain sets of characters. You know, like on a soap, certain characters never really interact with other ones. And that's because there's such a high turnover and you'll have second unit or third unit even filming that stuff. And you can imagine on a film like this, that probably not that um, the director's probably not that hands-on with it, that they're, they're going to object to stuff being shot by second, third unit. And that means you can film it all at the same time because you've not got one star in every single scene. And it kind of means it's a quicker turnover as well. So, although these, I mean, these films come out every two years, so it's not like they're, they're knocking one out every year, but Yeah, all, all the sort of, and I'm just thinking when you watch a soap, you kind of end up zoning out of the characters you're not interested in. And it's a bit like this. You go, all oh, right, we're with um, Roman again, and I'm not interested. Oh, Pete Davidson's turned up, but I'm still not interested. Oh, I, I, I forgot he was in it as well. Well, um, they were clearly in London because their titles came up. Although I've never seen London so They were sunny. clearly in Rome because they'd never been there before. It's almost <laughs> like at the start they needed to go, where Where haven't you been before? Rome. Yeah, you've got to go to Rome. Uh, and, let me... and actually, I tell you what, we're talking about it being just an action film now. I, I, 
I was thinking about the film Ronin at the start, because you've got these action scenes where they're driving these cars through the street, but you can tell that they're not driving them through the street. I, I'm not usually someone who goes, I think as I'm getting older, I'm one of these people who is keeps banging on about not liking CGI. I always used to think people that did that weren't with the times, but you've got these, you've got these scenes that are clearly CG. So mm. you're not really, they are action scenes, but you don't really feel like there's any danger to them. Like um, in, John Wick yeah. or Mission Impossible, where Tom Cruise has actually thrown himself up a cliff or whatever. Yeah. But then you get the scene with Michelle Rodriguez on a motorbike, and that's that's clearly been done practically with a stunt woman, and it's really well, engaging. She, it's like a proper talked, action scene. Michelle Rodriguez talked about this. She said legally she's not allowed to because of the insurance costs. She said she loves. She actually rides bikes in real life, but yeah, they will not let her. But it, yeah, it looks fake, right? It's not going to be her, yeah. But I mean, it's it's being practically done rather than on a computer. So you kind of believe in what you're you're seeing. I mean, Tom. To be honest, Tom Cruise is throwing himself off of like cliffs and buses for years, and I didn't even know until the internet come out that he was really doing that stuff. He could have got a stuntman and saved himself. It's clearly just he wants to do it, and fair play to him. But you you know there is a difference, I think, in yeah. in watching it in how you you perceive the action. I mean, clearly the the. The sort of action set piece at the end they couldn't have done practically where they're going down like a cannon and like things are blowing up behind them so you you accept that but the street ones it's like they could have actually done that or even like bond everyone probably... was safe no one died <laughs> yeah i mean that that is the advantage of it that it doesn't become like twilight zone the movie um, which was, you know I think so... in some some effects are better done than others but like a lot must be CGI. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. Just, just that, the sheer cost, yes. Well, but well, it, well, I mean, from its initial roots, it, it was it was car racing and it was, you know, yeah. it didn't, and that added the kind of like a thrill of, well, this is the subculture and this is how dangerous, and it's about the cars and the fashion, but there's a sense of a reality and your it hasn't become that's before the the era of you know super spies and and so forth. But it was a it was a crime. It's a crime thriller. Um, you know, you do stunts, you do stuntman. It's all practically set though. Slowly it evolves into into this as it gets bigger and more ridiculous. But that that means the tone change and the genre switched. And but all the, all the um all the sorts of, although the second one's about street racing. So the second one is with Paul Walker and the it's second the only one's one without any Vin, any Vin Diesel. Yeah. But it, it feels very CG, that film, like early, early noughties, oh, bad, yeah. oh, yeah. straight to DVD CG. Um, so it doesn't fit, it doesn't have that. The, the first one feels really gritty, I think, when you go back to it, compar- comparatively to what mm-hmm. happened afterwards, you know. And it is a low yeah. budget film, but if it, it does yeah. feel genuinely sort of like it's got his fingers in the dirt a little bit. And I think actually with this film, we're talking about the representation's always been really good on these films, which I think is why it's played really well worldwide. But also I think, you know, the characters are from very humble beginnings, very sort of lower class backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. It's very aspirational because they're driving these wonderful cars. There is a bit when they're in Rome, where I'm just thinking, where have they even got these cars? I know he does they cars stole, up. They, but where and got- I'm from California. They steal them because a lot of people in their areas <laughs> 10 minutes away have like four fancy cars. I'm not joking. I know police in California. Uh, yeah, they steal them. That's where they're getting them. Also, Why so- am I doing a Zoom chat when I could go and steal a car? 
You won't go to jail for it. In California, it, unless you commit a perfect crime, you don't go into jail. So maybe you should go do that. You know? they, they, their idea of success is not finding a spiritual enlightenment, let's say. Well, I think Van Diesel is. I think he's on that journey, if no one else is. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 was, I was thinking how it does work, this whole franchise. And I was trying to like, well, what is it? Because you've got these emotional scenes and this whole family ethos and stakes but then you've got such a ridiculous circus going around it and and that's the biggest mystery of the of all well i think it works this franchise works because you have this kind of a yin yang thing going on you've got this very comedy caper going around at the center it you've got then diesel who seems to be the only one taking it seriously for some reason and so when he talks about family he's actually selling it it's honor and when you're with family and you cross family or when you took my car you, you took my car but you didn't cross you know you, you can't take my family and, you know it, it's all these kind of like very very earnest deliveries mm. which you kind of like oh okay so there's some stakes there dom believes it we'll just help dom and i think that's why it kind of works uh why you get these silly scenes emotional scenes but then you've got this you know completely ridiculous thing going on it is grounded for a second then ungrounded it, and i think this this kind of balance this point kind of works and that's why i kind of think yeah. this it, it somehow doesn't that's why you need him in the middle of it delivering these shakespearean lines <laughs> here's Shakespearean. my <laughs> high <laughs> drama and high <laughs> what's going around and i think that's how it that's how it does it, it it's you know it that's that's basically the chemistry of it. When I was trying to break it down and thinking, how, why, why does it work? And that's what well, I got the impression. I, I, I guess it's true because the stakes come from Jason Momoa trying to break uh, that kind of family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he does it in a non-very, not, not a very structured way. Like he goes from here to there. And first is one thing wrong. And then there's one thing in in a race in Brazil, and then there's uh, the kid, and I don't, I don't know. He, yeah. But it, it always works because he's always attacking Dom and his ideals and his seriousness with all this funniness that he has and all this like nobody, nothing care. I don't care about anything. Just hurting you, and yeah, it kind of it kind of works. Yeah, I, 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 I give Jason Momoa a pass here because what you said, Alfonso, is yeah, it, it, actually Jason Momoa is doing a good job, but his plan makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Because when you think if, about if it, he has a plan. But, if he has but, a plan. Yeah, because he said at the end, he made me laugh because at the end, when you have Dom and his kids in between the two trucks, he says something like, you are exactly yeah. like where I want you. <laughs> what I want. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How, how yeah. did you plan this? How did you plan this? <laughs> the, the, so the other thing that doesn't make sense with this this new ending that they've tacked on is like, now I'm coming for, you know, you, you, stole, you stole the big metal box, but you pulled the trigger, so I'm coming for you next. It's like, someone shot my dad. I'd go and find the person who shot my dad first, not the person who stole a metal box. Like, why has he gone for the rock? The rock yeah, should have been the first person he went for. Not yeah. Well, I think priority was and, a bit odd there. And also, I don't care how cool smashing your phone looks on camera. 
it's done. If someone phoned me up and said, you know, I'm coming to beat you up, I wouldn't then crush my phone because now I've got to go and get a new phone now. What an idiot. Are you listening to this, The Rock? I called you an idiot. There you go. Where's your address, uh, James? Yeah, I take that all back. Dwayne Johnson is very charismatic. Yeah, um, I'll say, I will say, well, you're right. Like, like Vin Diesel, there was a point where I was thinking he's got such like a, a really relaxing, soothing voice. I think he needs to do more audio books. Like, they shouldn't have had um, Stephen Fry reading the Harry Potter series. They should have had Vin Diesel. He should be yeah. Yeah, a lot of sleepy books. children, though. I, I yeah. think it I was. Think he it, them to this sleep. is the thing. I <laughs> think very the soothing. Ideal, the ideal like um, matchup would be for him to do the voice of Satnavs, but I think you'd just fall asleep. No, you would fall asleep. It's too dangerous. But also, I, when, I do... when they when they are racing in Brazil, and he Jason Momoa is like, yeah. you have to save one of them. I am the Joker yeah. now. You have to. Yeah. Who it, would it, you save? And you and you cannot and I cannot tell how. Uh, Vin Diesel can see even the that kind of yeah, bomb that, that is, is a bomb below the car. Yeah, yeah. It's like you didn't give him any kind of explanation. How can he even see what you're doing, Jason Momoa, with these two cars? And suddenly, when they, he activates the bomb be, below the car, suddenly Vin Diesel is like, "I know what is happening." <laughs> How can you? <laughs> Yeah, and then and then he goes and stands like when he saves the or he gets the woman out, he stands right next to the the last unexploded car. It's like move away from that car, you moron. <laughs> yeah, I know like, it's gonna explode at any moment. Oh, by the way, guess if anyone guess if anyone guess 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 who was gonna have Jason or not Jason Moore? What's his name's role? Oh my god, the Jack Reacher. Guess who who was originally gonna have that role? Oh, you know who talking yeah, about? I know. Guess, anyone want to guess? Anyone else know? Well, the, it was a perfect actor for the Jack Reacher. Who was, supposed to, who was supposed to be Ames? Jack Reacher. Ames, thank you. Yes. Guess who was the original was actor for that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Someone with a bigger paycheck. Keanu uh, Reeves. Who? Keanu Reeves was originally going to be that role, but Jack Reacher uh, took it. And yeah, now he's. He's Ames. And I saw that plot twist coming a mile away because I've seen all these movies multiple times. What? Why? It didn't happen because Kenny Reeves realized that no, it would be okay. His career will be over. Okay, good, 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 well, good, good, call. good call, Kenny. Good call. Well, I mean, she's well, she's mentioning Jack Reacher because of the actor who's playing who played the CIA. Yeah, yeah, I don't know his name. Sorry, he, but he's big... uh, the Jack Reacher in the TV series, which is brilliant, and actually he's well cast in it. But um, originally, before that, of course, it was, it was Tom Cruise in the movie version. But then talk about Reach one. Yeah. I, I guess but, 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 sorry, but every time we talk about a character or something, it makes me think about something dumb in that movie. But for example, Ames. Yeah. Ames, yeah. At the end, there's mm-hmm. apparently a huge twist, but actually he was working for Jason Momoa all along. Yeah, Who cares? Ames, <laughs> the end of that movie, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't like the best friend of Dom or his brother, whatever. He was just a random guy. <laughs> so who cares it was, if he was working for Jason Momoa? I was thinking about it. I said, okay, that's the big twist. At the end of the- <laughs> they really had a history. He could have hired him like a week ago. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I will say, when we like um, some of the humor you were sort of saying, like, doesn't work and, and it's quite sort of on the nose, isn't it? 
I do think there is a moment with Ames early on. So when when we just think that he's uh, Brie Larson's boss, where they're kind, they've got this little speech where they're breaking them down, going, "Oh, everybody who who gets involved becomes family." They get yeah. they do these stupid, ridiculous anti gravity stunts, and it's a really weird speech because it's very much winking to the camera and going, yeah, "We yeah, know yeah. this is ridiculous," and and it kind of works and it shouldn't. But it does kind of make me go. The, the sort of cynical part of me going, "This is ridiculous." Is like, okay, you've acknowledged it's ridiculous, so I give you a free pass. So that does kind of work, I think. That that humor in it. But I think the the family aspect, like, the, there's no getting away from the fact that you know the first one that I watched was Furious Seven because you know it was obviously in the news that that Paul Walker had tragically died, and they'd filmed about eighty percent of the film without him in, uh, with him in, and then they had to finish it off. But I sort of went back and was like, how has this this gone for six series? I don't think I'd even seen one of them, or maybe I'd seen like Tokyo Drift or not one that wasn't that great. Um, but I think knowing that that that's happened in real life, it does affect it, like watching Wakanda Forever, that you know what's really happened. And I think that that See You Again song, oh, I yeah, still that's find like... that really hard to listen to. It's it, th- mm. There's something about the keys when it starts that it does make the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. Mm. And the bit when he's in the garage at the start looking, because it's not really Brian that they're looking at. It, it is Paul Walker, you know. Mm. And the, the the strings start in. And I was like, have they not even paid for the rights to see you again? And then they subtly put that those keys in again. Yeah. It's a really nice moment. And it, it just, I don't know, it, it just does something. But I think in terms of the family theme, that's always in the back of your mind watching these films now that particularly with, like I said earlier, with Jordana Brewster is back and mm-hmm. they don't even really have to explain, oh, oh, Brian's not here because it's like, we know. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just are all there that it's rubbish that it happened. And we, we've mm-hmm. just got to get on with the film, you know, it, it's nice but I think it, come back like with all these movies, Jordana Brewster, even though they never give her anything to do. But she gives a lot of money to charity, so I like her, despite she's like I think paid probably a lot of money to just be there for five minutes. And then I like how she, this skinny middle-aged woman, is just as strong as John Cena. Very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm like, sure, okay. Oh, oh Brie Larson. Wait. And uh, I think Brie Larson was uh, pretty intelligent to be in this film, given that he she wanted to like amplify her demo or something or i mean yeah, she, well, she's she... a big fan of the fast tries that's why she did it which i mean i get that it's like if someone paid me 10 million dollars to be in a star wars movie i'd be like sure oh no how could i, I, I <laughs> <laughs> but she, I she was... all these actresses just i mean they i think charlie Theron mm-hmm. has mm, in these films at least much bigger charisma mm-hmm. than, for example, Brie Larson. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for Charlie sure. Theron's the best. Yeah. But she's, a, she's, a, she's a better actress, period, anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she, um, I mean, she, I think earlier in her career, she actually took on the reins of being producing because she was finding she was just finding really not great roles. So she kind of just took control of her career quite early on and producing a lot of the stuff that she is involved in and here she's kind of like a part of an ensemble cast but uh, it's uh, she's the only foe you know the actual ongoing you know villain who's well okay I was gonna say who doesn't turn out to be friends in the end you know kind of, but I know it starts off like that I have to suspect that 
ah, Dom, me and Dante were working all along, which I'm sure will have yeah, yeah. spoilers in the second or the in, in the in the eleven or twelve. But uh, she's she's the only kind of like villain left to who's who's this this through line between her and Dom. But um, so uh, I I don't know. I mean, she, she I think she's given for me. I think she's got a bit more screen time and a bit more development time because she kind of teams up with. Uh, Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez, and there's kind of oh. like a character development. What, I guess I say character it's, development. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of those like, tangents that it doesn't lead you anywhere. Uh, but it, you you kind of go with Charlie's anywhere she goes, basically. Mm. She, she's, she can take you anywhere, even if you are a storyline that doesn't lead you anywhere. It's okay. She, she is very charismatic. She's actually oh, just yeah. kind of like in control yeah. and like a, like a serpent kind of just going around. So every yeah, she she's they they picked her. I mean, she suits that role for even though there's not huge dialogue, but it is uh, she's considerable weight to her. So, well, well she's um, more entertaining than I think most of the other characters. You know, oh, like, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. And she's, she's got a great fight scene really early on, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is a good scene, and it will turn out as well that she didn't really kill the mother of. Dom's no, child. No. What? Even though, <laughs> even though, all along he was there. Yeah. 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 That's what they wish. Part of She ate the bullet. She ate the bullet, and then she <laughs> spat it out. I don't know about this, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that Elsa Pataki will show up at some point. We don't know how, but they they are finding a way. This, I'm I'm sure because that would be the that that would help Charlie's to be even longer in the franchise and that's what they want. <laughs> oh like, yeah, you're we right. We don't care that you kill anyone. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't care really. Just stay, stay. But the only say... problem with the franchise spin-offs, I'm thinking though, because there's sort of rumors about Brie Larson leading like a female one, is so much of this seemed to be like have I know it's the start of the end, but like you say, there's no reason for Jason Statham to be there other than to have Jason Statham in it. And mm-hmm. maybe one of the problems when you do the spin-offs is it's like, oh, it's a Fast and Furious movie, but a th- only a third of the characters are there. I think oh. they might paint, and there's the risk of painting themselves into a corner here that everyone wants to see just every character. But I mean, I don't think some well, of the lesser characters you'd miss too much if they weren't there. So they just need to ca- concentrate on the, the most popular ones, I suppose. It's all right. It's all right because if they do a movie with only a third of the character, it's like still 30 characters. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing is there's less, <laughs> if there's less characters, like say there's like 10 characters, I think that's going to be good. But then also, like if, if someone, if I was in charge of this franchise, I would put out that all female movie like now or something, or like after this one between, you know, the first of the two trilogies. That way you can get to know the characters and you can take a breather and have it, you know, something else. But I think less characters is a good thing. They shouldn't do it too late. Like Black Widow, that came out way too late and not even just because of COVID. That should have been like a 2017, but it was a 2021 movie. That yeah. like I don't want them to do that because then it'll just like ruin everything. But I mean, all the female actors are are good and or actresses, they're all really good in it. Um so at least that yeah, helps, I, right? <laughs> you don't have I think help. the problem is you can't you can't really have like that. I think I think you're right. That would have been the way to do it. But because mm-hmm. of these, the cliffhanger that they've got in this one, and presumably the cliffhanger they're going to have mm-hmm. in the next one, they've kind of conceived them like this. And I don't but think they could there's do really a prequel or something like you could you could do it that way. I don't know. But the the only other thing is maybe this is the right thing to do though, because I'm sure there's an exec somewhere saying, oh, we could get two or three, you know 
one out a year or two out a year. But that, you know, I think the consensus is with Marvel, they sort of over-egged things with, with too much content. And even with Star Wars, I think, there was a point when it was working really well with having a movie in December, and then they got to the point where they were like, let's try and put one out in the middle of the year as well. And it just seemed well, It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work so, at all. Yeah. And I assume Jason Momoa is going to be the villain in all of these. I think he's, he is, um, there's what the scene on the bridge. I did actually think, oh, I, I think maybe they've got this a bit wrong because it's that kind of, um, I don't know if Joker syndrome is a, is a term, but you know, yeah. the fact that the Joker sort of upstages Batman. I'm kind of almost egging Jason Momoa on more, even though he's a horrible, horrible, mm-hmm. vacuous guy in this. You mm-hmm. just, he's kind of more entertaining because he's like being a really like over the top villain. Mm-hmm. He's more entertaining kind of, than Vin I think he had so, to be, you know, I think, but and it's, it's basically him against, you know, 12, 15 other cast members against him. His personality is that great. I, I'm not sure if it's purposeful or not, but it is, his energy that is coming from, despite being just, you know, hugely uh, a man mountain, he he's very much just drawing upon this kind of like very feminized energy. I and mean, it's just such a counterweight to the whole testosterone flood that's coming from the other end who's <laughs> yeah. against him. So it kind of diffuses it so greatly that he does come stand out and he, and they don't know what to do because they it's, kind of like, where, where do they go with their intimidation? It doesn't yeah. go anywhere because he's just the energy. He just, just shifts it. On, on a pivot yeah he's got to but be that he stands line. out but i think i think like in terms of really you want to hate hate the villain a little bit and i think particularly in this and maybe he's too caught up but this is the problem actually the ongoing problem with their villains is like with someone like statham they get him in because he kind of fits and then they go oh, we quite like him we want to keep him on board so we have to turn him into a good guy and actually that could be what this is this was meant to be the last film and now we're, it's going to be Fast 12. Wow. Um, so actually, a- in Fast 12, Jason Momoa will apparently be killed, but then he will be back as a member of the family in Fast 13, and they will forgive him and <laughs> for everything that he's done, and he yeah. will be part of the of gang now going forward. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Even though he did kill Ludacris, you know. I think yeah. that's <laughs> and his brother. And his brother, yeah. But uh, uh, no, I I actually do hope they. Do. I think I think Bandito wants to get out of his franchise as well. I think as you mentioned before, he, he doesn't want to be part of. He's, he wants to, you know, as much as as successful as it is, I think he really probably does did want to do other things. Unfortunately, this is the only thing that kind of like really just ballooned beyond his control, and so he could just stay on as a producer. You can't really predict these things. You can't like lightning in a bottle here, where you've got and a huge cast, which they kind of make. It work because it is a soap opera here, and you can. And what other cast members or big on mass uh, cast in a film works where it's enjoyable? You don't get too lost. It's quite a marvel that you know, no pun intended, that this actually works as a single, as, well, as a movie when you're jumping from you know, tw- 10, 12, 15 other characters. Yeah. It's it, it's quite incredible. Honestly, it is dif- it is difficult. I think it, this kind of movie could be much much worse. And yeah. the action is very good. There are very good setups, uh, like like um, like action scenes, like the the ball through Rome, and, yeah. and they oh, are I've well choreographed. Uh, in general, it is an action that is very well choreographed, and I think kids must love these films. 
from yeah, what yeah I, I think so and no, the box it, office it, numbers it, it, speak sorry. speak for themselves don't they so i've got to say whilst you mentioned the ball right that was the only moment i usually hate people who say stuff like this but she, there's there's a chase where michelle rodriguez is on a bike trying to outrun the ball going yeah. down these steps and it sort of makes you think a bullet and then suddenly you go if you stopped the ball would just roll on and then you could just carry on why would like she's not going to outrun it stop and the ball will carry on nobody's driving that ball that ball bomb you would just then you're miles away from the ball aren't you and it would blow up over there instead of mm-hmm. yeah. i think she was she needed to be sense. close michelle needed to be close to be able to you weren't paying attention, James. I turn my brain off. That's you'll have, that's to, do, you'll have to watch it again. You'll have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, the subtleties of it all. That's uh, well, exactly all the plots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna rewatch well, it and have a completely different experience. Well, I mean, I gotta ask this, and obviously, as we can tie things up, is uh, are you gonna be watching? 11 and 12 then i mean just on the, on the yeah. back of this oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i just, I just want them to be like shorter maybe just like the good stuff and not that i think it's all gonna get longer era. i don't think it longer. felt i don't think it felt it, it probably should have been short but i don't think it felt that long although i did go yeah, see bones yeah, afraid yeah, the did. night before which is oh. three hours so maybe that's why it felt credit short. to how you know like, the editing is done on it i mean credit to louis it's um cohesive i was expecting a mess when justin left i think and it's always kind of very much kind of like um uh wary about these films when they get kind of reshot and you or whatever but it's very cohesive very put together you can follow everything it's um and enjoyable that's the thing and it's very well, rare why did, he le- why did he leave do we know why he left or was which it just he uh, Justin, Justin Lin. Lin. Uh, he started shooting it. Or... Because Vin Diesel is hard to work with. He shows Lucky, up late. He wants reshoots. He wants to change his clothes, even though we've already seen him in those clothes. He wants a different prop. And because he was in power when Universal was at its weakest, they do what he says. And these yeah. demands of his are too unrealistic. Like Just like him on The Rock, they have to have the same number of punches. I don't want to work with someone like that. Yeah. So that's why he didn't. That's just is that, is that the first time by the way? Mathieu Kassovitz, who is a French, very famous French director and actor, uh, directed Vin Diesel back in the 2000s in a sci fi movie called Babylon AD. Oh, yes, and, uh, and it kind of destroyed Mathieu Kassovitz's car- career in Hollywood because he was coming from a movie called Gothica with Aliberi, which was decent and uh, did decent box office numbers. And uh, Mathieu Kassovitz literally tried to do a blockbuster with Vin Diesel. And you can see the result was terrible as well. So. And there is a documentary, actually, right? On the whole experience. About Babylon AD? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, well, it's kind of like we've, we've I would say across the board, it's it's almost like an, un, like I said, a, a, a unspoken contract where it's audience participation is what is what's the kind of contract between audience and this franchise is. So mm-hmm. it, as ridiculous as it gets, as kind of comical, and it, somehow you're guaranteed a great time, but it's part of you has to almost engage in it and meet it about, you know, halfway or maybe 80% it, I mean, of the it isn't, way. It isn't to, dissimilar to, from Bond, is it now? But it's sort of almost mm. like a lifestyle thing. I think you watch it and go, oh, I wish I was part of that gang. You do. You do. <laughs> I, I do. But, I but they seem to be having fun. I wish I was part of that gang. Yeah. And, 
if everybody sees what he wants to see in these movies, but for example, myself, or maybe I was very uh, critical at first, I, I, I have to say, because it's ridiculous, it makes me laugh. So in the end, I don't have a bad moment watching these movies, to be honest. Uh, it, 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 it is funny. Sometimes I believe that there are things that should be taken out completely of the movie, should be removed from these movies, in my opinion, especially this one and the previous one. Again, I was literally happy when this comic relief duo died. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you remove a few scenes of that movie, it's decent. Um, the first one also was decent. There are some terrible, terrible, terrible Fast and Furious movies, and it's not one of them, to be honest. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More Jason has giving their counterpoints. Well, I, I think. But, yeah. but, by the way, what I just said makes me think. The first thing that my a colleague of mine asked me Monday um, when I talked about Fast and Furious, he, he said, uh, "Is Luca Black Lucas Black in this movie?" And I said, no, he is not. He looks as black, I believe, is the name of the actor who plays the main character in Fast and Furious 3. Yeah. Yes, yes. Dress. yes. Unfortunately, he is not in this movie. Because talking about worst Fast and Furious movies, Fast and <laughs> Furious 3 is one of them, obviously. Because I can't still don't understand why they casted that actor who doesn't, definitely doesn't look like an high schooler. So, uh, yeah. So no, yeah, I, I would say. Oh, sorry, Richard. Lucas no, no, Black no, 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 isn't no. it? I thought he's the one the rocket engineers, isn't he? Yeah, the rocket. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who sent them to space in the previous movie. So that's why. Oh, nine. Real... Yes, sorry, because I watched nine just before. <laughs> I got confused, but yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's in nine. Like, he's the somehow... one. He's the one who, uh, who apparently. So he was forty-five years old, and he was in high school in Japan, and apparently. <laughs> that actually proves that he must be so it's very smart because he can create a car that goes to space and he, and also he can also uh, pilot uh, an airplane and he, and he yeah. was and he was yeah. in high school at five years at forty five years old so, yeah. so he's in Furious Seven and F Nine. But yeah, sorry, the spin yeah, the, sorry, I think the spin-off is gonna be about. Uh, his uh, dance song when he's a teenager and has friends. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, they'll just jump ahead a few years and it'll be like a new you know, next generation. Fast and Furious, the next generation. Yes, I can see that. Well, thing is, yeah, it, what we have here is a very much, like I said, I always think lightning in the bottle. That is a take away a few elements, do female version only. It might work, might not work. Even you know, Hobbs and Shaw works quite well as, but yeah. I think maybe enjoying the kind of success that you have with this is uh, a very rare thing. Well, and uh, male character too, maybe not one of the main ones, but maybe one of the more tolerable ones. Uh, I, I think it's so difficult to predict. I mean, you could have predicted you'd have a race of movie going on for 10, 12 years. Yeah. And, and so many years, decades. As, as long as they have a good script, you can do it about it anyone but i don't know if the female led um spin-up would have a lot of market like female oh, led yeah. to, to, to to like to spend a lot of a big budget on a female led spin-off you would need a like a hundred million dollars but i don't think they would do the 350 but i yeah. like all like i'll give an example all the women i know 
love Ray. They love Captain Marvel. They love like there's a market for it, but again, it's just not the vocal people because a lot of these girls don't have YouTube channels. They have regular lives and they just like these movies. So I yeah, think yeah, yeah, it's true. Make, or make money off of it. So yeah, yeah. well, well, this franchise has it's not like I said, it, it's a very multi genre, but also it's not about just car race. Well, you don't go to see it. it's about heist. It's about super spies because obviously they're hired by the government as basically their part or full-time part-time super agents so this is not even about the cars or the stunts as in it's part of it but it's all part of this you know hokey mix of what's going on you know from location traveling it is like a you know a james bond movie spread against numerous characters where we don't have a james bond so and it, um, it's actually more female-led than the james bond movies. yes yeah it is. yeah it yeah. is and that, um, and to be and to be fair to these movies they are not uh, uh objectified no actually they are they are, they are i have yeah, to say that actually strong, strong strong female characters in these movies to us yeah it, no the only objecti objectified are all the people in brazil but the <laughs> yeah well that's true yeah 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 that, that's true yeah Wow. I mean, right, it's that one thing, isn't it? The ugly people don't get into these movies. Yeah. So across the board, everyone is really good looking. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. They have time to hit the gym and hit each other. <laughs> oh. can we, can we, before we end, can we just ask one last question, Jason? Go ahead, Richard. Uh, because we just mentioned actually the, the, the money actually that was spent in, in this movie. Mm. When I months ago but they spent 360 million i really believe that it was for the two movies that they were shot back to back i no, no, think no. so no no, well. no no it is confirmed actually that 360 million was spent only on this one on oh. fast i wish i had that kind of money <laughs> so I, I don't get it to be honest i don't know where again i think I, covid is one of the reasons because i'm guessing a lot of reshoots and it there was so many uh, obstacles uh to make a movie during COVID, but still. So I was being optimistic maybe earlier, saying that it will probably, like the other Fast and Furious recent movies, reach the billion mark. But I'm not just so sure about this, because It's... when you look at, at the crazy schedule of releases in the next few weeks, that you have the Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse 2 coming quickly, then you have uh, Transformers thing, Coming as well in the next couple There's of weeks. Darkness coming, Richard. There's a darkness coming. Because the darkness, darkness coming, darkness coming for the, on the box office, exactly. So <laughs> I, I wonder, I wonder if that movie will have the legs, let's say, to actually to break even, break even, and that could be actually the 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 the, the decisive factor and deciding if first of all it's going to be a fast twelve or whatever or spin-offs, etc. So. I, I, yeah. I, I think they'll do this because you can be gearing up towards a a cliffhanger in each one. And I think because it is, got to say it's pop culture now. I mean, the Fast Furious, you just even mentioned it. We haven't seen it. said, oh, those movies. Yeah, I've never seen them, but I can know them. Um, you have a big box office for that final movie just as a big farewell, even though despite the quality... Who knows? It might be a good thing. Maybe we maybe they pull back on the budget a bit. It might be a grounded racer going on by eleven yeah. and twelve. Or who knows? Do you know um, what? Maybe that's that's a a factor with the the sort of cliffhanger, particularly the guys in the the aeroplane. Is I think the intention is a hundred percent to bring them back. But if there was a problem with the the box office, which I don't think is 
I think you're right. It would be a scheduling thing to do with other things taking its box office that they could then actually retroactively say, no, they were killed and not pay them money to come back. You're, you're definitely going to have to have Vin Diesel. You're definitely going to have to have Jason Momoa, but you could maybe get rid of some of those those yeah, characters. I, like, I think you the, cannot, the action you of John Cena. No, that nobody, nobody has been killed. Nobody. I will have to say. But in terms of I, budget, I'm sure that's where most of the money for this film goes. Not to because... no, 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 I don't think so. I think it's CGI and cars and Vin Diesel's change of clothes, maybe. But no. <laughs> no, I think I think it's I think it's cast because it's such a massive cast and they're really big. I oh, mean, yeah, it's not huge. all of them, but most of them are very big stars. I think right. if you could spread it over the two movies, you can budget it carefully, and I think you'll get some good numbers. Then fine. I, I yeah, think but, yeah, the cast, the cast, yeah, but how much? For example, Jason Statham is in this movie for five minutes. How much money does he make? I don't know. And, and is it the good? Is it the movie good for Jason or Jason for the movie? Like you have to ask. What but, is? What but, is? Who is winning here more? You think that that and the answer to that question will explain how much money he made? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, if I was asked to be in in this movie, this movie is a big, big uh, publicity for me. Also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, I know think it's very much in the movie and the promise the of was... other movies in the future. And so, yeah, I can see it seeding in these little, you know, future back end stuff. So. I think, um, yeah, it's a look, it is a big franchise. You're gonna have a big box office. You're gonna have audience looking at it and 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 seeing your face on screen, and maybe even it's it's, it's like your little trailer for your own franchise. So there's a lot, you know, it's yeah. a lot of it's, it's a good opportunity so fast, to be in. Fast Nine was two hundred million, and this is three hundred forty million. That's crazy. I think it was because of this interruption in uh, filming. Yeah, I, think, I think it's COVID. I think it's COVID. Yeah, I think it's COVID. Actually, and COVID, yeah. yeah. I, I think they would have kept it. They know their maths. They know, you know, how much to expect on average, and they know how to budget. I think it got out of hand just unfortunately because um, of what happened and a bit of oh, change of direction. Okay. And it's like two films. Uh, probably it's the budget of almost two films. You know, it's almost four hundred million. So. Yeah. I, of course, I think they can take it. To be, salaries have to be accounted for and bump salaries bump when you're in in many of these films. But I, I don't think it does that much in the end. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of goodwill. I think I mean, you know, credit will credit you. I, I Diesel does it does generate or inspire a lot of loyalty from his crew because they've been together a long time. How difficult or not he is he's still there's a lot of friendship between you know some of the uh leads and those family members and they're loyal to him and they and they work well and they're obviously he's you know it, it does work on some level that's why you can bring these people back or you know people they're rich enough in their own right they don't have to be there they don't want to really hate it but um, what they say online is that Vin Diesel was expected to earn 20 million and Jason Momoa 10 million so that's thirty million for the two biggest paid, maybe cast members. Yeah. Okay. I so you probably say, got think... a cast of about a, like a quarter of the budget, you know. But that, I mean, that's always been the the case with certain. But you, like back in the day, it'd be Arnie or Sly, and they would be the really high paid one. Everybody else would be not on a lot. But the thing with these ensemble things is it gets a bit more complicated. But then the Marvel thing is quite complicated, isn't it? Because 
you get less for your earlier films, but well, more that you stay on. And then there's people like um, Gwyneth Paltrow didn't even realise she was in Spider-Man because she just turned up and filmed so a load of stuff how, and assumed it was for an Iron Man film. So how Marvel works is usually you get paid like a $20 million contract for like five movies. And usually that'll include like one or two main movies or maybe even three, but a couple main movies, a couple where you're the side character and a cameo or two, or sometimes whenever they ask, depending on how famous you are. I don't know if it's like that for these movies, but that's how Marvel generally works and Star Wars too. So it makes it a bit complicated in terms of looking at what is the definitive budget for this as a a movie on its own, because it doesn't exist on its own. But it does seem that it's it's just ballooned through COVID. And Noelle has actually confirmed in the comments where a lot of the money went, but obviously we can't can't say that out loud for legal reasons. No. There's a bit of a difference. I think also because it is heavily producer-led with Diesel, because... Uh, with Marvel and all the Disney, you've got corporate-led where it's uh, kind of like a mandate that comes down and the decisions can be quite, um, you know, faceless, quite honestly. At least I think there's a bit, slightly a bit more bringing a cast together, being on good terms, and it's just centred around, I don't think these are just driving it and keeping it together. So it's not as, I think Universal just let him, look, yeah. this is, you let him run with it, you know how to manage it, and he yeah. does have to control it, but at least you've got someone you can negotiate with and get on with and uh, everyone has ups and downs but for the most part it kind of keeps it on on track for those in his circle which uh, you know it's not, uh, and, and he's the, the kevin feige of the fast franchise isn't he <laughs> he's the robert downey jr and the kevin feige of the- yeah both yeah, exactly, yeah well you could say it's, it's 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 like family which is probably at the core of this whole franchise and maybe that's why you know, a bit of a secret recipe behind the scenes and on the screen. But uh, I think we'd, I, I, I for one will be looking forward to 11 or 12. I, I, I came into this quite mm-hmm. late and I kind of still, it, it, I think it's a pop culture touch somewhere and, and you're having fun. You don't take it too seriously, but it kind of entertains you as, you know, uh, as it goes on. Um, but anyway. I think, I think you could go into this and watch it without seeing any of the, because I thought, oh, maybe there's a lot of backstory, but I think basically, if you oh, come yeah, at no. this and wasn't sure what was going on, you, someone go, was it fast? Yes. Was it furious? Yes. So what are you <laughs> wondering about? That's what, you know, it's done what, it literally does what it says on the tin. To be honest, the, the plot, it gets out the way I want you need to know within five minutes in the flashback. And I think it does it in every movie. So you can just come in, sit down, oh, yeah, and yeah, what's yeah, happening. Yeah. You don't need, and it, you don't need the rest so of efficient. Because yeah. I, 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 I haven't watched these in order. I did watch, you know, maybe five or six, then I went back to one, and then recently saw nine and, and seven but it all makes perfect sense and you, and you see it on tv all the time you don't have to watch the whole movie but you have an idea of what's happening i think the story is the same it's about revenge it's about family it's about getting you know getting your family split and then back together again and a foe who has a grudge and it, it and that's all you need really that and some petrol and some stunts and it, somehow it works and you know so um credit to it Right. Well, I think we've all run out of gas at this point, but uh, thank you for our own film and TV review family. This is what it's all about. <laughs> and, and I think we should have. I think we should all have a barbecue in the backyard. Yeah. Well, let's do that. It's this summer. Yeah. We're going to do a barbecue, well, and, and we... as long as we say grace beforehand, uh, I'm yeah. all good for it. Until next time, see you. Soon.
We hope you enjoyed this film and TV review.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews, together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.